welcome to IWTV Guide, your unofficial guide through what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jerry J. Hawk Hawkins, along with Charlie Butter. Today, a unification match for the heavy, uh, World Championship of Professional Wrestling, a man wrestling a bear, and much, much more. Charlie, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot, man. This is uh, going to be a fun review today. Yeah, that's definitely going to be interesting because we kind of talked a little bit off the air. We've been to a couple of the company shows before, and it's definitely a different experience in Perkin than what we call on tape here. I go on yeah, tape. I go on tape because I'm playing from the 80s. But Well, yeah, you know, you were in your 20s in the 80s, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's, it's a different feel watching it on streaming compared to being there live it's a much more fun atmosphere live it's a little uh trying to think of the word here uh not boring but it's a little uh you know it's kind of hard to watch at least in my opinion like I, i watching it back it's very easy for me to uh fall asleep if i put this on it's it's entertaining live. It's a really great afternoon experience uh, to to watch live, and I absolutely love it live. But it's I I don't know. I can't watch it back on TV. I guess. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna get into that. we're gonna get into, into that a little bit here. Uh, anything you want to go over first before we actually get into it here? I know we kind of, we're gonna cover a lot of wrestling new because there's not a lot of wrestling new, but. Have you uh, been watching any of the tournaments that IWTV has been offering up this week? I honestly have not. I've actually been on YouTube watching more older stuff than anything else. But Okay. Well, they've been doing some uh, interesting stuff. I did watch uh, last weekend they did the uh, King of Trios tournaments. And... I, did ca- I did catch bits and peeking of that, but I didn't get the... I kept coming in like halfway through the show and just not going back. So. Yeah, I, I, I turned it on like I forgot that it was on on Sunday and I put it on because I wanted to see the uh, one, two, three kid El Generico match, uh, which uh, was excellent. If you can go out of your way to see that, do so. It was really fun. And the uh, trios main event of the uh, colony against Team Fist was really fun as well. Uh, it was interesting to find out that Five of the people in that six-man uh, tag match uh, are signed to companies right now. So that tells you uh, what the history of, of the King of Trios and, and kind of what you know Chikara has put out there is. Uh, they have a pretty decent legacy of of making pretty decent wrestlers. Oh, absolutely! And one thing I will say for anybody who had not watched Chikara. Those of you who complain about WWE because you don't like PG wrestling, Chikara does PG wrestling right. Yeah, it's, a complete, it's PG wrestling, but it's a completely different feel from what you're getting on television with WWE each and every week. It's definitely worth going out and checking out. Yeah, I highly recommend it if uh, you get the chance. Uh, have you gotten any uh, fun mail calls this uh, week? Uh, uh, I did, as a matter of fact. I am wearing my uh, Tracy Mother T-shirt that they're going to raise money help with his uh, hospital bill. Go. I see that. I see that. 
I luckily am not wearing uh, a shirt right now, so I have nothing to promote. <laughs> I take that back, though. I do. I did get a Violence is Forever shirt and a uh, Death Proof shirt from Aaron Epic. So I, I've been trying to support them. And I also bought uh, two new uh, pins, so I still have all the Danhausen pins that have been put out by Pollyanna DIY. Um, those are awesome. And I... I We'll continue my collection of Danhausen pins. I do appreciate the fact that if you're not wearing a shirt, you chose not to go with video for the call. Thank thank you for sparing my eye. I appreciate that. Yeah, you can't handle this hamburger meat, Holmes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If we had the video going right now, the divorce rate in Northeast Ohio would have just gone way up and Charlie Butter doesn't have a shirt on. Um, this is just a chance for you to get in all your fucking Tracy Smothers shit, isn't it? <laughs> Mega Mac Homicide, everybody die. Oh, man. I knew that's why you picked this. I knew that's why. <laughs> you just wanted to get all your Tracy Smothers shit in. I get it. I it's wanted, cool. I wanted, I wanted to see Tracy Smothers against the bear, but I had heard things and I had not had a chance to get down and watch it. It gave me the cue to get, get down and watch it. Right on. Uh, that was probably the most entertaining part of the show. That and the uh, six-man tag match with the uh, chain gang. I really enjoyed that, too, for some reason. Right. Should we get into it, then? Well, let's get into it. Okay, so the show we are watching, available on independentwrestling.tv, yet another extravaganza of wrestling exhibitions. August 30th, 2015, from Norwalk, Ohio. Uh, I'll say this right now. I mean, we did say it's definitely a different experience live than it is watching it streaming. Uh, one thing I did like, though, is they did uh, edit the video to where it make it look like you're watching it off, like, an old uh, projection reel type yeah, uh, type of cut-up. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. Uh, they didn't do it in black and white, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I do agree with that there. Yeah, but I, I did like that. I liked the fact that they actually had a band playing the wrestler to the ring. With like, yeah, an old, like an old 40-style jab band. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, that's what they do every year for the extravaganza. Uh, the one that I went to last year in 2019, um, they had that too. And it was really fun to like have that live uh, experience with that music. It, it, uh, it adds something to the show with that. Yeah, uh, I, I even like the fact they were fans that were that were that were dressed for it too. Like a bunch of fans showed up wearing like old nineteen twenty type of type of gear in the crowd. I, yeah, I really actually, liked that. Caden was one of them. He does that every year, and uh, it's really fun to see him dress up as like a little paper boy. I don't know. I guess that's what I'd call it. <laughs> Shoe shine boy. I don't know. Yeah, I, I call a few of the AIW regulars in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Playing the playing the part, I, I really I really like the fact that a lot of the fans were getting into it as well. So, so things like that did help with the presentation. Yeah. So what was the first match? Now, the first match I have here are the lobby legislator of an anti-Kaloon land taking on Old Fashioned. The legislator, if I have the name right, are Representative Gavin Q. Volkstead. And Senator Cameron S. Shepard. And their opponents are Marion Fontaine and Jervis Cottonbelly. 
I don't know why I like Jervis Common Bell. I got I think it's the Mac with the fucking handlebar mustache, honestly. I think that's what I get about I like about that gimmick, but it's not the the cotton on his belly. No. That they worked over in the match. <laughs> that they were pulling on his hair on a on a cotton on his belly like a chest hair and fucking it yeah. was fucking funny, but <laughs> Yeah, okay, this go. Was a fun little opener. A fun little opener. Uh, most of the matches on this show are played for comedy, which is fine. That's what they are. If you know that going in, it's it, yeah, perfectly acceptable. Uh, the legend cleaner and the heel try to do the fake handshake deal, but they get caught, and the, and the baby fake can take control for a little while. They finally get Cotton Belly uh, cornered in the ring for the hot tag. I'm for the fake and peril bit. The hot tag goes to Fontaine. We get a couple of double of uh, double back suplex by the baby fake. And referee Jay Clemens actually enforcing the legal man because they actually are enforcing the old time rule with the as well, which was a nice touch. Uh, in the end, the heels do end up getting a yeah, a cheap pin. Shepard hit Fontaine with a shoe, and Volta gets the pin. A shoe? Seriously? Who uses Who a, uses shoe? a shoe? <laughs> Jake, you owe me a beer. <laughs> Not fair, fun, fun opener though. Welcome to real, welcome along. Not the magic on the show, real long. I don't think this one went more than about eight minutes. Let's go. This one's fun. <laughs> oh man, it was good stuff. Good stuff. All right, from there, we get Jeff King taking on Felino de Rojo, Lewis Linden. I would have been, I would have much rather they just not get Lewis Linden's name. And right. just went with the Felino de Rojo thing. Well, like, they, if you follow. Yeah, like the current. Uh, I have never seen Rojo before, but I have seen uh, Felino Blanco uh, at the last extravaganza. So there, there's a whole stable of cats that may or may not be just Lewis Linden under different masks. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it would have been more fun, yeah, if. They would have acknowledged it with Cam. You could tell it with Cam if you know anything about Cleveland Ruckling, but. But yeah, and uh, again, like the current stuff, they don't mention his name. They just specifically say, like, it's Filano Blanco. Uh, now, Jeff King, I, I did hear some interesting stuff about him, uh, specifically that he ran Frank Gotch out of professional wrestling. Yeah, I, I remember that. It was to get revenge for Ad Cantel injuring Hackenschmidt before their rematch. So, yeah, you, always, you remember that. See, the <laughs> you really showed your age. Yeah, it was a big deal on all the new reels back then before you called the old Mark Brothers movie. Fantastic uh-huh. stuff. Okay, yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're joking around a little bit, although I am a Mark Brothers fan. It probably does age me a little bit, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah it definitely also... does, because I don't think a big majority of our listeners probably know about them, other than, like, I only know about them because of the Devil's Rejects and the discussion that there was of them and that. So that's literally the only way I knew about them. And match itself is it, perfectly fine. It's actually more high flying in this match than I was expecting. I, I obviously with Lewis Linden you expect some, but King even took to the air. He got a moon salt, you know, onto the floor at one point. Uh, really good, really good stuff here. Uh, 
King countering a flying body prick with a roll through into a bear hug at one point, which was pretty nice. Linden actually countered that into a roll up for the pin. And this, I, I think, like the, I like that he missed the bear hug and it was locked. His hands were locked for a moment and he like stood there. That was really great. And they yeah. even sold that on commentary too, because all the blood rushed to his hands. So he couldn't unlock them quickly. Which I don't think that's how your body works, but <laughs> at least uh, tried to explain it. I mean, it's better than like, oh, he hit him in the head when he clearly hit him in like the leg or something, like they do on other programs. Okay, well, I'm well. I don't think that's how the body works. I, the, the, I get. I, I watched like I kind of watched a lot of old stuff on YouTube. There was a guy in the fifties and sixties named the Mighty Atlas, who finishing move was a full Nelson. And commentary would always put over that he was so strong that once he locked his hand, he couldn't release the grip. So he would get himself disqualified because his got, opponent would get to the rope and he couldn't actually break the hold before the five count. He physically couldn't break his own hold. I'm surprised they didn't try that with Chris Masters. <laughs> I don't think anybody who was working for Vink at the time knew that. <laughs> you think? Really? I don't know. Or at least nobody who that Vince was listening to it anyway. Okay. Uh, Patterson, well, Pat, Patterson probably did. Not, if Patterson was there at the time, I could probably they didn't do it. But. Uh, up next, I think, was probably my uh, second favorite match of the show. Uh, I've got Goo Jack and an Inky Scoop next. Mm, yeah, that was up there. I, I enjoy Sue Jackson and uh, the opening spot with them pulling off the ha- knocking the hats off and then pulling off the wigs was really fun. Yeah, especially can, yeah they pull up uh, Jack and pull a bald cap off a of scoop and scoop go pull the bald cap off a of Jack and it's not a bald cap. That was, right. that was, that was entertaining. <laughs> When uh, Jackson does the splash in the corner and Inky stuck to him, <laughs> like it was very comedic, <laughs> like cartoon style, like a lot of fun and stuff in this one. That's I think that's why I really enjoyed this match. Okay, okay. There's a big story they're telling here. That story at that scoop is a journalist. He's not a wrestler. He's not a trained wrestler. And because of that, we are getting Rory O'Henry and McHenry getting involved liberally throughout the match. Even with that, Jackson got to use the feet on the rope for a pin after a running body press. It was short, but again, if you know what the company is ahead of time, very entertaining stuff. Yeah, I'd yeah. Be, I would I would be exploding if it was on a national company, but you know what the company <laughs> is. So they were perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm like the story of Inky Scoops too. Like it's really funny. Like when I went to the extravaganza last year, like there was like a whole story that played out through the whole show. And I think they've really upped their game with like the storytelling that they didn't do back then that what we're watch- what we watched that they do now. Like there's a lot more to it than what there was before. Um so like over the course of the whole show it made sense like there was a story being told over the course of the whole show. Same with when we went to that uh, show at the fairgrounds and they had the afternoon and evening shows. Those two linked together to make a one overarching story, which was really fun. And I think that that's like, once they figured out how to do that, I think that's like really like right up the alley of like what makes that company special. And probably those, those shows are probably a lot more easier to watch 
because you're getting like a story plus some wrestling. So it's like, like, and it's really fun. Like the way that they pepper stuff throughout to complete the story and, uh, the attention to detail that the wrestlers put into it is a lot of fun too. So we might have to cover that, uh, that most recent extravaganza, uh, down the road. And, uh, so we can kind of d- dive into that a little bit more because that was a really fun day. Yeah, I have not seen that yet. I'm actually disappointed though. Fair show aren't up aren't up on IWTV yet, but well, I don't know. Like the main event kind of had to end abruptly because of a certain storm. So yeah, also true. <laughs> I just remember being soaked and being cold, and oh my goodness, that was rough. That was a rough night. But hey, we got uh, Dan Housen to do our intro for us way back when. That was our first ever intro we got. So special day in the in the history of our podcast. <laughs> and up yeah, next cool. was it the six man tag? It was. Oh, oh! And who was in the six man tag? Okay, so on one ha- on one side we've got a Law and Order team of. Dick J. Lehart, Eric Neff, and Judge Hugo Lexington Black. I cannot read Black. Thank you. I cannot read my handwriting on my on that last name. Nice. Yeah, but Dick Justice and Eric Ryan were the first two under the yes. two names. Yes. And Judge Hugo Lexington Black is, of course, Ricky Shane Page. Yeah. So then uh, they come out and they come out with three convicts, two of which have ball and chains on them and one of them has handcuffs on and who were our convicts our convicts were bill taylor jock gampkin and gregory iron yes and 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 it actually kind of played into your uh we talked about a minute or two ago with the overarching story but when the show started and the opening match was getting into the ring the jailbirds were sitting in the crowd in their in their prison gear yes and the guy and yeah and the three heels came out and took him to the back, yeah. During while the match was going on, basically. Yeah. So I'm now, super yeah, curious so. if there was something that was done before the show, uh, where like they were like being chased around by them, and then they just kind of like settled into the crowd to pretend like they were part of the crowd and got caught. I feel like there's probably something there with that that they just didn't show, which is that really is defi- fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is definitely possible. All right. So we do have the uh, the balls and chains coming into play early. Kempkin actually using that as a weapon. Uh, Taylor and Kempkin are having trouble moving in the ring because they began to tether to their ankles like that. So some very nice touches with that. Uh, we actually uh, do get Eric Neff trying to uncuff Gregory Iron. Iron actually turns that into cuffing Neff to the top rope at one point. At that point, Fontaine and Cottonbelly come out and and free everybody because they can actually have full mobility for the match. And now we start getting a more traditional six-man tag based off of that from that point. And so you got the comedy early, then you had a really good six-man tag once the comedy basically ended. A match actually ends with... Uh, the heels making their second save of the match and getting the qualified. Technically a rule for decades that no one had seen in decades. And it actually ended the match here. I I know a bunch of people were probably watching this match and go, what the hell? But I thought it was a nice touch. 
I don't think they cared too much because it was the bad guy team losing, so... No, that is, that is also true. Uh, post-match, we do get the jailbird cuffing and poking the ball and chain to Black before issuing a challenge to uh, to a cage match for the next show for their freedom. So, the very first ever cage match in the history of wrestling. A professional wrestling, yes. So, yeah, fun little match. I enjoyed that quite a bit. And yeah, I, I, mean, I like that little touch, a little throwback to, okay, look at what the rule actually is. If nobody ever does this anymore. Right. Yeah. I remember Dean Ambrose mentioning it one on Raw when he was doing get commentary. Well, that's their one cave, and everybody's kind of ignoring him at that point. <laughs> he had to just been fucking with them, too. And be like, oh, let's see if I can get them to acknowledge this or not. <laughs> From there, we do go to our intermission. They do an, they do a brief recap of some of, of some of the stuff we've already seen, as well as they set up for the cage match for the next show. And we come back from the intermission with the match that I wanted to see. Tranky Mother versus the Bear. It is clearly a guy in a bear suit at the beginning, which is fine. You weren't going to get a, get them to authorize you know, a real bear. And and I'm shout out to it. Justin Summers who guessed uh, this correctly instantly as soon as he heard our episode. He gets a free not ready for primetime wrestling sticker next time I see him. <laughs> Gotta get rid of the old merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, in typical tricky mother fashion, he challenges the bear to a dance off, which is fucking great. Yeah, just the uh, image of seeing somebody in a fucking bear suit dancing is fucking great. The bear attacks Tracy Mother from behind, locks in a bear hug, locks in a bear claw. Correction, he mauled Tracy Smothers from behind. Okay, okay, that's fair. (laughs) Tracy Smothers goes on offense, and this is the most active I've seen Tracy Smothers since like 1995. Like, he is moving to get his offense in. He, yeah, he, he, he did three moves. What are you talking about? He did two clotheslines and then, like, a third clothesline. What are you... <laughs> and, that's the most, and that's the most offense I've seen him use in, like, 20 years. He that's a lie. To. That's a lie. <laughs> okay, you and I were front row when Tranky's mother wrestled Cole Cabana at a dead pro- AIW dead precedent. That match was how long, and how many moves did Tracy's mother do? I don't remember. I know it was a long, yeah. like it was. It was like twenty minutes before they even touched. However, I don't remember the match itself. <laughs> exactly, Tracy's mother doesn't need to do anything because it's shit entertaining anyway. He uh, unfortunately, Tracy's mother does get caught. He loops into a roll up in seven fifty two, and at that point, Better the bear reveals. With a, a bear, did a, a the bear did a roll up, and the bear revealed himself to be Robert Evans, legionnaire Robert Evans. Yeah, who is and, uh, a friend of the uh, gentleman in the main event. I don't have names in front of me. I have I have the TV guide list going for me, so you have to give me names. Okay, that would be. Uh, Caden Asad is the guy you're referring to here. Yes. Okay. Who was also at ringside during the match because he was the owner of the bear. 
Which realistically, if you were following the product, probably would have been a tip-off as to who the mayor was. But right, good stuff. Okay, from there we get another we get a six person tag actually this time. We got it's Jack Blonde, Derek Oster, and Thunder Kitty against Heidi the Riveter and the Jollyville Jeepers. Uh, Heidi the Riveter is Heidi Lovelick, who is now Ruby Riot. Derek Oster is now Derek Director. Jollyville Jeeper, Garth Court to Jollyville Fuck It in 1920. Lingo. <laughs> uh, Thunder Kitty is Thunder Kitty, and the Rican she wrestling in a company like this, and Thunder Kitty legitimately looks like she was born in the 1940. That, that, I mean, that's her gimmick. She's like 98 years old. That's her gimmick. <laughs> and she's going to beat up Jayhawk next time she sees him. Dude, have you gone to her Twitter? No. <laughs> That's her fucking gimmick. That's her regular gimmick. <laughs> she maybe, not, she maybe, a, maybe she was gonna beat you up for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, she's not gonna make she's not gonna beat me up for change. She looks like she's ninety eight years old. It's on her Twitter that she's ninety eight years old. Okay. Like she looked she looked like May Young for nineteen forty five. Like that that's the gimmick. Yeah, at any rate, I don't have a lot of notes for this. This was more traditional six-man tag than what we had seen in the earlier one. Uh, with some comedy spots thrown in. Uh, finish comes when Heidi distracts Tom Dunn. We get punched into Thunder Kitty in the midsection by Clean of the Clean and Jerk team, Jollyville Jeeper. Heidi gained the pin at 11 minutes and 17 seconds. Actually wrote the time down for that one for some reason. How long was it? 11.17, bell to bell. So you're saying it's like five minutes too long? This one's the... I, I, these are the longest or second longest match of the night. I think the other six-man tag was right about the same time. I enjoyed the other six-man tag a lot better, a lot more than I enjoyed this one. Yeah. This was fine, but this was getting that point of the show where it's like, okay, I just kind of want the show to end right now. Right. So let's jump into that main event. That main event is two out of three fall to determine the true world champion of professional wrestling. The real champion, Matthew Cross, against the company claiming to be the champion, complete with really crappy-looking belt, Caden Akkad. Uh, Matthew Crockett's gimmick is be, uh, to be the true champion of pro wrestling. He's got, like, 15 belts with him. Like, he's carrying, like, seven or eight belts. It's he's like got Ultimo carrying... Dragon style, for those of you who have seen that photo. It's very much like that. Very much like that. Yeah, he's got seven belts on him. Other guys are carrying belts with him, because there's, like, five guys holding all these belts. We have our special guest timekeeper, former United States President William Howard Taft. So we get a slow start for the first fall, which is weird because the first fall ends in like three minutes when a god kicks Matt Cross below the belt. A god controlling most of the second fall. Robert Evans can get ringside. He's interfering liberally, liberally behind Jay Clemens' back. 
Cross gets a two count off a of Kiwi roll, then immediately gets a rolling small package for the pin. We're already at one fall apiece. We're like five minutes in. This feels like at Triple A Mexico. Let's get these falls in as quickly as we can. We're, we're in the third fall. Evan hands a Scott something. A Scott hits Cross with it several times, getting the pin to win the championship. But wait! During the celebration, they raise yeah, Assad's arm. The object falls out from underneath his armpit. The referee restarts the match. <laughs> Matt Cross immediately hits a flying kick to Assad's head. Gets the pin in 26 seconds. But wait! At the three count, right after the three count happened, Evan put Assad's foot on the bottom rope and point get out to referee Jay Clemens. Jake Keegan and restarts the match. So now we're going to a fifth fall and a two out of three fall match. <laughs> Croc gets caught in an airplane spin. The feet hit Jake Clemens. He goes down. Croc is getting double teamed. Tracy's mother comes out to try to even the odds. The Jolly Jolly Jeepers come out. They attack Tracy's mother. The three of them brawl to the back. Evan go grabs one of the belt. He's getting ready to hit Croc with it. William Howard Taft enters the ring to make the save. They start arguing. One thing leads to another. Croc finally hits a standing moonsault for the pin to retain the championship, unify the championship, however you want to do it. Three falls to two. Two to one officially. Three to two if you actually watch the thing. And now I know where WCW got the idea for some of their main events. <laughs> Uh, they they did too much here. Yeah, they're, 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 well, they're, they're... it was it was, but in the context of the show, it was funny because it was like it wasn't so much building drama, but it was I don't know, like I feel like it was kind of just silly the way they did it. I wasn't like annoyed by it at all. I just thought it was kind of silly, like. The match like was super quick, but it was like super fun, like still because it's like they still got everything across that they needed to, and uh, so it was like a main event, but it was like a, a mock main event, really. So, yeah, I'll take it back. I think this was the longest match of the night when you factor in the two restart. But I mean, I. I like the the restarts themselves didn't necessarily bother me, but it's like okay, here comes Tracy Smothers, even the odd. Oh wait, here comes some more people. Oh, well, they're gonna fight to the back. Well, they didn't need to be out there then. You could have told the same story without them coming out. Now you're just being picky. Maybe a little bit, but that, that I, I did kind of throw my hands up watching, going, "Come on." Yeah, I was expecting like two more people to make a cave or something, and it'd be a yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe Fontaine and Cottonbelly come back out here. And maybe Jack Blonde and Derek Oster come out or something, but... <laughs> I don't know. I The ending visual of the show, though, the show goes off the air with everybody trying to put all the belts on Matt Croft, Audible Dragon style. And they actually go off the air with them still trying to do it. And I thought that was gonna, uh, a neat visual to go off the air with. Yeah. So yeah, overall, it was a very God. fun show. Yeah, it's a very fun show. It's two hours long. It's not a long show. 
Yeah, if you understand what you're getting into, you understand it is more of a comedy promotion that's not meant to be taken seriously. If you go in there, th- go in there with that in mind, it- it's perfectly fun. If you go in there thinking it's called old wrestling, so I'm going to get old school 30 minute matches and stuff like that, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my answer to that. Yeah. I don't call him the best analysis in wrestling podcast for anything, folks. They don't call me anything. That's a lie. All right. So let's jump into what you really came here for. If you can't go to IWTV, <laughs> IWTV's website and look at their list of all the shows and what's going to actually be airing and when... That's what we're here for. We'll read it off to you. So, starting Monday, May 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Black Label Pro will be presenting Turbo Graps Part 1. And at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, they'll follow up with Uncharted Territory Season 1, Episode 11, and Defy Now, Episode 30. Tuesday, May 12th, at 8 p.m., you will get Black Label Pro, Turbo Graps Part 2. And at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, you will get Uncharted Territory Season 1, Episode 12, and Defy Now, Episode 31. Before Wednesday. You continue, before you continue, I just want to clarify those Turbo Graps shows are the ones we covered on the old podcast, correct? Yes. Okay. Cheap plug. Check the archives. Feet still available. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you for your interruption, sir. Back to the TV guide. Wednesday, May 13th at 8.30 p.m., Paradigm Pro will present Fighting Spirit Heavyweight Grand Prix. And following that at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Uncharted Territory Season 1, Episode 13, and Defy Now, Episode 32. Thursday, May 14th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Anarchy Championship Wrestling will present Queen of Queens 2019. Following that, at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Uncharted Territory Season 1, Episode 14, and Defy Now, Episode 33. Friday, May 15th at 7.30 p.m., Absolute Intense Wrestling presents J-Lit 2019, Night 1 which we were there live for. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad they're actually doing 7.30 stream instead of 10 o'clock, be it the 10 o'clock stream for driving me nuts. Friday, May 15th at 11 p.m., Uncharted Territory Season 1, Episode 15, and Defy Now, Episode 34. Saturday, May 16th at 11 a.m., Chikara Action Arcade, Episode 8. May 16th, which is still Saturday, at 8.30 p.m., Absolute Intense Wrestling, the AIW Chandler Biggins Memorial Tag Team Tournament 2019. Also at 11 p.m. that night, Uncharted Territory Season 1, Episode 16, and Defy Now, Episode 35. Sunday, May 17th at 8.30 p.m., Absolute Intense Wrestling, AIW J-Lit Night 2 from 2019, which 
definitely check out these shows this coming weekend. AIW shows all weekend long. Awesome stuff. Uh, to follow that up at 11, we have Uncharted Territory Season 1, Episode 17, and Define Now, Episode 36. And that's going to do it for this week on the IWTV Guide. Anything else you want to plug, Jayhawk? Uh, check out my Twitter, at PWCritique. Facebook and Instagram, Jayhawk1539. Pretty much all I got until the Athletic Commission in Ohio can start doing wrestling again. So. You can find me at Charlie Butters on Twitter and Instagram. You can find our podcast at IWTV Guide on Twitter and Instagram. And until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and your ass. See you.